Welcome to the Workforce Connections Podcast, where we discuss workforce development in Southern Nevada. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome to the WC Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, my friend and new CEO of the Las Vegas Global Economic Alliance, Tina Quigley. Thank you, Jaime. Welcome, Tina. So excited to be here. I'm so excited to get to partner with you again. Yes. First of all, let's get the history making out of the way. As we've all learned through uh, the social media platforms, you are the first woman Mm. to hold this position at the LVGA. Congratulations on that. And uh, where do you see the LVGA, if you will? How has it been before we project to the future? How has been your first couple of weeks on the job? Yeah, so it's been uh, two weeks and two days now. And I I tell people it feels like it's been a lot longer than that, but not in a a bad way, just because it feels so comfortable. Having been here in Southern Nevada for 30 plus years um, at the airport for 15 and then at the Regional Transportation Commission for 14, almost 15, the circles of uh, my my circles of, of uh, conversation, um, the people that I'm meeting with and talking about in terms of how we plan and build our community, there's a lot of overlap. So it feels very, very comfortable. It's just different topics, different emphasis. Um, And then of course, different office and a different team that I'm working with. But even the team feels really comfortable to work with. It's much smaller, it says 14 employees, whereas the RTC had over 300. Um, But a team of people who have been doing this for a while and are really good. And the greatest blessing of all is they're very patient um, in in teaching me, the craft, uh, keeping me informed and smart on things that I need to know, um, and making me feel comfortable. So I think it's, I think we're going to take off pretty fast. And even though it's only been two weeks, it does feel a lot longer in a comfortable way. And speaking about the craft, Tina, you were telling me just in your first two weeks, you met with your development team, mm-hmm. your business development team, and you said there was a list of things that oh, you have learned. Yeah. Right? Okay. So speaking of learning, so I, And there's a lot of learning. And and every time I talk to somebody, I end up leaving feeling like, gosh, I bet the rest of the community doesn't know that. I bet there's these little factoids and these things where you're like, I would have never guessed, or I would have thought that was false. So I asked the business development team regarding workforce to come up with this kind of some facts that people might think are interesting. Now there's 11 of them, so be patient with me, but I think they're all pretty interesting. Uh, Number one, the pandemic tightened an already tight market for available labor force. I thought that was interesting. You would think it would kind of loosened up. For every, this one is startling to me and maybe not to you. For every 10 job interviews scheduled by a company, on average, three candidates will actually show up for the interview. Wow. There's a growing trend that on average, only a a third of hired candidates, a third of hired candidates will not show up to work for the first day. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The first couple weeks are critical for the employer as to whether the new candidate will stay. Many who quit won't even provide their employer a courtesy call. How much more challenging can we make it for people who are trying to hire? Um, Businesses are now more open to on-the-job training for entry-level and semi-skilled positions, which is why we are so lucky to have Workforce Connections. And it's not on my list, but one of the things that I just learned today is that there's a lot of reasons we are not competitive with Phoenix. They've got more land than us. They've got a lot more geographical assets and to some extent than we do. But right now, what we have that they don't have is a workforce. 
Um, because we had so many layoffs associated with the resort industry, because we have so many skilled employees who are capable of being reskilled, we actually, that's our, that's our hometown advantage right now. So that puts even more pressure on you and your team. And I know you guys are doing a great job, but the, your, the value of what you contribute to the community is escalating significantly because it's making us more competitive. Um, let's see, companies seeking highly skilled positions will experience, uh, with experience require several months on average to find a qualified candidate, which is again, puts pressure on workforce connections and all of our other workforce training um, team teams. Team members that have been with a company for at least three years have a significantly higher rate of retention versus team members of less than three years. So it's really important that we are continuing to work with our businesses um, to help them figure out how to keep these employees uh, on their campus in their, within their business. Depending on the roles and responsibilities of the position, companies that are entertaining hybrid work schedules, allowing team members the flexibility to work from the office and outside the, of, uh, or, and outside the office has proven to be a very popular retention tool. And in fact, those that didn't have a lot of time off or were required extra time uh, and energy at work um, are those that burned out and left the workforce. So again, kind of learning how to balance work and life, life and work for these, this new generation of employees is increasingly important. Platforms like Zoom and Microsoft Teams streamlined and improved communications for companies, allowing for shorter, albeit more frequent, meetings, um, enabling the team to work more and reduce the cost of time of travel, which we knew. And the last one is businesses have become more accepting of virtual calls with existing business-to-business -business relationships. However, in-person meetings are still required for those new business-to-business -business relationships, which means that we do still need to be getting out and meeting with new companies and helping them understand the advantages of Southern Nevada. Wow. So that was a lot, I know. And I, I'm gonna add one more, yeah. just because you taught me this and I thought it was so amazing that we are the only um, region that has got Workforce Connections employees embedded within the Economic Development Agency and the Chamber. And that you have been recognized nationally yeah. for that program. So very proud of you. Um, I know that our team greatly appreciates having Bill in our office, and he really is just one of us. In fact, I don't even we don't even think of him as being a workforce connections employee. He is he's part of the LVGEA family, and everybody makes that very clear to me. Thank and he's really smart too. Yeah, thank you for 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 doing that, Tina, because that was the vision, and definitely uh, your business development team has kept you busy. Uh, all those things are true. So shout out to Jared and Bill and Perry and Chris and yep. uh, Michael and Michael. Yeah. Yes, and I know. so I think you set me up for for my next question because sure. as we move forward, and first I'm going to uh, read something. Uh, you gave me this. Yeah. Uh, Together is better by Simon Sinek. And there's a couple of quotes that uh, that I love about them. And one of them is right here. And it says, building the world will not be easy, nor will it happen in a year or two. But if we commit to working together to each do our part to help advance a shared vision, we can build this world we imagine. And this is the, you know, when you look at our logo, you have mm -hmm. people, partnerships and possibilities. And there's this other one I like, too, because it's an African proverb. And it says to go fast, go alone to go far, go together. Mm -hmm. And so that sets up my question is I know the answer, but I want our listeners to hear from you. Sure. Uh, we're all happy here in Southern Nevada that after a well-deserved hiatus, mm -hmm. Tina Quigley is back in the game. And right? I'm excited. And, and to help Southern Nevada uh, move 
farther. So the question would be, after having successful stints at the airport and at the Regional Transportation Commission helping those organizations advance, where do you see the LVGA mm-hmm. and its partners mm-hmm. in the next five years. Okay, so I'm going to point to that book, and you're right, that book is very special and important to me. It, it, it looks like just a children's book, but it's actually um, got some very poignant and important quotes and thoughts in it as it relates to the power of working together, and that really applies when you're talking about economic development. It is, It's just not an option for our infrastructure, for our resources, for our training, um, for our businesses to be operating independently without any overlap as it relates to taking a look at the future and where we need to go. Um, so your question again was, no, where do I see it? Yeah, in five years. Because <laughs> oh, in five years. Where yes. do I see us going? So I really think that the LVGEA, and I've talked with the team and I think, and, and, and the board, uh, the executive team of the board, and I think there's consensus that it's time um, for the LVGEA to grow into taking a, a, a strong convening role for all of the different bubbles of expertise that we've got within the economic development um, world. So pulling in, it, even pulling in resources and infrastructure and, um, related to water, related to land, related to workforce, um, related to their, our chamber activities, our growing and building our businesses, um, with our elected officials, with our lower and higher ed. And you taught me that, that um, we've always focused on higher ed, but actually it's lower. We can start as early you know, in K through 12 to start preparing for the workforce that we are anticipating. Uh, and I know we'll talk about workforce blueprint eventually, but that really lays out for us kind of the, the, the vocations that we need to be preparing for. Okay, so I'm still, I still have more to answer on yeah, that question. We're going to see you in, in five years. I think that, again, LVGA becomes a stronger convener for all the, for creating a strategic, unified plan. And, and by that, I mean workforce connection, I'm separating those, workforce connections, but also infrastructure. So I am very worried at this point, and I know lots of people in the community are as well, that uh, water resources are dwindling and need to be managed. We need a uh, we need a responsible plan for making sure we don't run out and we can continue to attract jobs and attract businesses because we have water resources. Um, and then also land. We are incre- even though you look around and you see so much desert out there that isn't development ready land for one thing, but it's also not owned. It's owned by the federal government by the Bureau of Land Management, so it is not available for development. Um, I understand just in casual conversations with the local economists that, you know, just to, as short ago as, as 2000, I think it was 2018, that we had about 9,000 acres of um, available land and that we're probably down to about half of that now. So somewhere around 4,500 acres of land. And that starts to get, of development ready land. And that starts to get a little, that, that's kind of nervous because there's if you can't grow your economy, if you can't grow your businesses, then you can't grow your economy, which means you start to wither. And I truly believe that one of the reasons that we were able to rebound from the financial crisis um, as quickly as we did, and I know it took a while, but we, we got back. And the reason we were able to rebound from uh, the from the pandemic is because we, we do have some diversification in Southern Nevada and we've been continuing to grow. Now, if you can't grow, you stop. And that's when you start to wither. So I think we all need to be worried about that. So again, convening for the sake of these, this strategic infrastructure plan, I think we need to do. 
And then also continuing to convene to identify the most appropriate industries that we want to attract. And we talk a lot right now, we have the seven target industries, um, which are, and I'm going to try and do this. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Advanced in general manufacturing, transportation and logistics, health services, information and technology, creative services, um, clean energy, and what am I missing? Oh, business and, and financial services. Awesome. Yeah. Good job. I, I did yeah. that. Yay. Awesome. <laughs> um, that was awesome. So, um, but, you know, I think we are going to regularly need to re- return to re- revisit that list and which areas we're emphasizing because recognizing we have these limited resources and advanced manufacturing can be a large um, consumer of uh, land and water. Um you know, we really want to be intentional about the industries that we are approving, especially since we we take these industries, these businesses who come and we request tax incentives for them. I think, you know, we want to be careful. We're not we're not encouraging and awarding tax incentives to those businesses that may not be a really appropriate fit for Southern Nevada. <laughs> no, I love the fact that you started with partnerships, right? Again, because at Workforce Connections, we believe in that as well. We cannot do it together as the uh, or alone, as as the African proverb said. And so I think you, you've you always shown it in your previous roles. When we met, you were at the RTC mm-hmm. and you were a willing partner with us at Workforce Connections. And I love how today... You know, you said in this new role, you're already looking forward to partnering with us. And yeah. so I know that's who you we are. We have to partner with you, you. You live partnerships. And so I think my next question has to do with that. Um, the the LVGA and Workforce Connections partnered uh, years ago with the Vegas Chamber for the Workforce Blueprint 2.0. The exciting thing about the Blueprint now is not just the LVGA, the Vegas Chamber, and Workforce Connections anymore. We've added other chambers of commerce, the Urban Chamber, the Latin Chamber, the Henderson Chamber. And so we continue again to build partnerships. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is regional collaboration like never before, the Build Back Better grant, the Good Jobs Challenge grant. So I really feel optimistic about our region. And again, um, that's why we're glad you're back in the game. The question would be, you know, as you also know, to support the blueprint, we're launching seven industry sector partnerships for each one of those target industries that you mentioned. The first one is launching on April, I'm sorry, March 10 at the Vegas Chamber. That's the healthcare services. And April 21st, we'll be launching general and advanced manufacturing at CSN. And we haven't picked it yet the date for the information and communication technology, but it will be at the UNLV's Black Fire Building in May. So that's just the first three of seven. But again, when when it comes to the workforce blueprint, the LVGA SEDS or Comprehensive Economic Development Strategy, what do you, how important is it to really do all this work, but starting with the business community? Because traditionally, business has been disengaged, but these partnerships we're forming are all about engaging the businesses to create the solutions for them. How important do you think that is? Well, I think what's that um, saying, ready, fire, aim. I think without engaging the businesses to find out what it is that we're aiming towards, we're, we're, we're really wasting time and energy and resources because the role is to truly partner to produce the workforce that is needed in our community. The risk is otherwise you're training a workforce that's going to be great, but either they're not going to have a job or they're going to move to where the jobs are. So appropriate, again, emphasis on the partnerships, aligning the training with the workforce demand out there. So, you know, absolutely, absolutely important and foundational um, so that we aren't wasting time and energy and resources. And you said earlier also, Tina, that the solutions don't start 
just in the post-secondary era uh, with the community colleges, the institutions of higher education, which all are members of the LVGA, mm -hmm. but also that secondary system or the K through 12 system, which again, um, Superintendent Jara is a member of the LVGA. So we have all the pieces in place to be able to, once we extract the needs of the business community, we can really work the needs deep into that pipeline that again, starts as early as kindergarten. And so we have all the pieces uh, as members of the LVGA, whether it be workforce uh, connections, the school district, the, the community college or the universities, the institutions of higher learning, we are committed to really building solutions that, that meet the needs of the businesses that you are recruiting here or hoping to help expand here in Southern Nevada. So let me uh, ask you another question. Sure. Uh, soon you will be, I think it's at the end of March, the local elected officials consortium that governs our agency mm -hmm. is going to be considering your appointment as the representative of economic development on the Workforce Connections Board. Right. Um, what, do you, what are your goals or what would you like to accomplish over the next few years as a member of the Local Workforce Development Board? Well, sure. First of all, it'll be important to learn what your priorities are the, and the, the strategies you have set with, with board members. Um, but I think that I, what I'm most looking forward to is truly getting into, I hate to say getting in the weeds, but truly getting in and understanding confidently and competently what the workforce issues are and what you need out of the um out of the economic development agency. I really, I also think that it's going to be a good place for me to connect with you and your team and other board members. I'm a big believer in stories and anecdotes as it relates to trying to share a message or a call to action um, with our community because stories stick, right? Stories, stories stick in your head. Statistics are interesting, but stories stick. And your board and access to your team is going to give me more anecdotes that then I, I think I can be a big, a good mouthpiece for you, a good share of those with the rest of the, our community as to what we need, what we need to be working for towards what maybe what's not working, but just again, those interesting things that help us uh, move the community forward to attain the goals that workforce connections. Awesome. And we're very, very much looking forward to you being on our board and your contributions. I think it's going to accelerate again, our, the work we have in front of us. Now, um, I'm going to share that four years ago when I became the executive director of this organization, yeah, yeah you were still at the RTC mm -hmm. and you gave me some really good advice uh, over lunch because these positions, these executive positions and these kinds of organizations usually report to not one person, but again, a, mm -hmm. a, a body, a consortium of local elected officials. Mm -hmm. uh, now you have a board of 50 you report mm -hmm. to. And so I, I can't complain anymore to you that I have eight. <laughs> so, but it is uh, something that it is really, um, it's a science. And you gave me advice that um, has really worked for me so far, I guess. And I, I'm grateful for that. So how do you think, um, what, how does it matter uh, uh, on how effective we are in our jobs, if mm -hmm. you will? How much does relationship building or relationship maintenance or nurturing mm -hmm. play a role in how effective we can be as a leader of an organization? I uh, have so many thoughts on that. First, first, I'll share a quote that actually Steve Hill shared with me not too long ago, and that is results never happen inside the agency. Results only happen externally. Inside the agency is cost and effort. And that's, that's true, right? So inside the agency is the operations, it's the policy formation, but when it's time to actually act, you, you don't get to do it alone. And I, again, that book together, 
um, to, uh, mm-hmm. Together is Better talks about the fact, uh, has quotes in there, that to actually get thing done, you, you can't get something done by yourself, especially for those of us who are in these um, appointed positions, quasi-private uh, public, and really it, it, a lot of times we don't have regulatory authority, and a lot of times we don't have money in order to, to influence. So when you don't have regulatory authority or money truly to influence, then all you have is the largesse or the generosity or um, of your community to actually get your stuff done. You rely on everybody else outside the organization to get stuff done. So it is your obligation as that CEO to make sure that you are regularly meeting with and talking with and listening to your community, whether it's your your board or the community at large, the stakeholders at large. Um, that's your job because you're never going to get anything done just by producing that report. To get that those actions, those recommendations done, I mean, you will be out in the community working with other agencies. So those relationships, they're not just important, they are your life. Awesome. Um, Tina, one of the things that I think, um, again, you, I have the fortune of getting to know you a little bit more than the general public. I know, for example, that you have a huge trip uh, coming up, oh, yeah. uh, you know, this this year. I mean, I'm huge. hiking Kilimanjaro. Oh, my gosh. That's a huge trip, right? Yeah. Kilimanjaro. Um, what other, um, again, for our listeners, what other things, if you will, do you have already planned for this year, whether it be in your personal life and your professional 2022, sure. again, is still, um, you know, early, mm-hmm. but what are some of the things you'd like to, uh, again, accomplish in your personal or professional in this year? Okay. Well, let's, um, in my personal life, let's get my son situated in college and happy and finding his place. And that is harder than you think. Um, so we're working on that, making sure I've got happy, healthy kids, both in college right now, but even when they're in college and you probably know this, they still need you. So I've done it twice. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So working on that. Um, I would say, I'll tell you another personal thing that I, is that I really, so this is, um, kind of my, my third round of career. There was airport RTC and I said, now, now this, um, I want to try really hard to incorporate work-life balance. It's not, oh, it's been a challenge for me in the past. But again, now that we are working more virtually or we're working out of our offices more, um, you know, maybe there's some days when I can, you know, go exercise right in the middle of the day. um, So that's one of the things is like um, some work-life balance and some exercise. That's personal. Um, Professionally, the goals are going to be to really, this is very simple, but to get confident and competent again Um, in this industry, specifically here in Southern Nevada, to truly inventory and understand what the critical issues are to growth. And then, like we talked about, convening to help figure out how we get over those barricades, those obstacles, anything that's holding us back to growth. And I do think we've got some significant things that we have to deal with and we can't just turn a blind eye eye to. Um, Let's see. I want to explore some new, you know, I, I do want to take a look and work with Steve Hill and anybody else, Steve, uh, UFC, whoever else, on this concept of sports and entertainment technology because I that's that's really interesting to me. It's kind of, it's ancillary. It's different, um, but, it, but it's ancillary to our primary industry. So that one I, I'm you know, looking forward to exploring. Let's see. What else? And then I want to saw you know, I want to summit Kilimanjaro. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be awesome. When it comes to, uh, I can't wait to hear about Kilimanjaro, obviously with the uh, kids at college, call me. I have uh, experience on yeah, that. Yeah, you do, huh? And then um, again, I think you just, 
uh, there's evidence that 2022 and beyond is going to be a busy time for us as we partner with the uh, Steve Hill at the LVCVA and other organizations, the SNWA you mentioned. It's really going to take you know all of us to to do unprecedented work together to further our region and really make us as competitive as we want to be. So Tina, as we reach the end of the podcast, I'd like to, again, we followed our framework. We had, you know, some, um, some questions for you, but this is the time that's open mic. This is Tina Quigley time. So anything that you would like to share with our listeners? Oh, okay. I just, I think I want to emphasize to the listeners that we do have work ahead of us. Um, again, I mentioned that we, we recovered from the financial crisis. We recovered from the pandemic. We continued to grow, but that's because of some of the really heavy lifting that people before us went. You know, if it was if it was not for Bruce Woodbury and the Bruce Woodbury Beltway, we would not have we wouldn't have had as much growth as we have seen. If it wasn't for Pat Morey and John Ensminger in 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 um, investing in the third straw and investing in water infrastructure, again, we would have capped our growth significantly. I kind of feel like we're at that point again, where if we don't think big and as a community and think about the major investments that need to be done to infrastructure and in getting additional land, we risk capping ourselves. So we're going to have to think big and act big. Um, and we're going to have to do it together, which, but sometimes it's that call to action. It's those really heavy lifts that are the things that pull us together and make us realize we need to do something that's more than just ourselves. So um, I think I want to drive that home to the community that it's, we're about ready to have to do some big stuff again. Well, I think with you at the helm of the LVGA, we're going to get there, <laughs> Tina. I would like to add one person to that list of yep. very important things. Uh, there was this thing that uh, at the RTC, 20, Tina Quigley drove, that, which is a fuel tax revenue oh, index, fuel, right? Right. All fuel those tax, things like helped that. us better. So. Um, yeah. Tina, I want to thank you for thank being you. here today oh, in our podcast. Thank you for taking, uh, you know, this uh, this job, getting back in the game and, and helping so being on our team. And I have to thank you and for helping me. Also, uh, thank you for be, uh, accepting uh, to be uh, nominated to go in front of our Leos to be on the Workforce yeah, Connections Board. I think I uh, I the other members are going to be excited about you there. So I hope I can be a value and add. You definitely will be. Thanks. Well, that was it for today's episode of the WC Podcast. We look forward to seeing you in another episode. Until then, stay safe.